welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Would you like a little bit of word before we go? Um, I want to remind you that the Bible says... God sent his word to heal those people who were in trouble. Psalm 107 says these people were in great trouble. They drew near to the gates of death. They cried out to God. And the Bible says God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. You know, the ones they created. God loves you. He'll forgive you and heal you all in the same prayer. And if you need help from the Lord, he's going to send his word in that area that you need it. And if you'll receive it and believe it, miracles will happen. You won't even have some, have somebody pray for you. It's interesting how you can't get through prayer. What only hearing the word will do for you. Hmm. You can't get through prayer. What only knowing the truth will do for you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Didn't say anything about prayer. We totally believe in prayer. Are you kidding me? We pray all the time. But when it comes to things that the Lord said he's already provided, a lot of times you just need to hear that, believe that, and power shows up and you're free. He sent his word to heal you. You know, we have healing school every Monday at noon for one hour. It's free. It's open to the public. And it all started. God quickened us to start healing school. And the main scripture that it's built on is Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, which is basically my son, my daughter, God said, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. You know, hear good sermons. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. And God said, if you do that, my words will be life unto you and health and medicine to all your flesh. Yeah, God's word's good for your spirit. Yes, God's word's good for your soul. But that scripture says it's health and medicine to all your flesh. Oh, come on. Do you know one of the main reasons why every sick person on this planet can be healed? Because every sick person can take God's medicine. Every sick person can attend unto God's word, incline their ear unto his sayings. Let them not depart from their eyes. Keep his words in the midst of their heart. And God said, if you take the medicine according to directions, it'll be health to all your flesh. Wow. But you got to attend to the word. You know, it, you can't just stay in your groove. You know, you know, I, I watch this every day and I, I watch this and I listen to this. Well, you might have to change some of that if you want health in all your flesh. At least for a while. And then when you go back, regulate it and make sure it doesn't usurp the word in your life. And so we're going to receive God's word today. So how about you say that this will help you receive better. It's not just good preaching that's going to help you. You're going to have to receive what God's saying to you today. So say this and it'll help you to receive better. Say this. I, I right, now, right now am going to receive God's medicine. His word is life to me and health to all my flesh. I receive the word of God today. I respect it. I hold it in high honor and it will effectually work in me, meeting every need, healing every pain, 
In Jesus' name. I am a great receiver from God. Amen. So if you would please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, the gospel according to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to start here. It's where we started last week. The Lord put a, a phrase on my heart, and we're going to the scriptures to study this phrase because I really believe it's the answer to a million problems, a million questions can be answered. It's, it's the solution for so many problems in the earth realm. And I think people have just not known enough about this to get the victory in their life like God wants them to have all along. And so that, let's read this scripture and I'll tell you again what the title is. Luke chapter 4. Now this is Jesus and he's getting ready to begin his three and a half year ministry of turning the world upside down basically. Healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and just being the greatest help we've ever seen. And in verse 1, the Bible says, Then Jesus, I'm reading out of the New King James, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, say filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit. Everybody say led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right, so stop right there. So I want you to notice the phrase, filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit. Jesus, before he began his world-changing, dead-raising, demons cast out, sick, healed, lame, set free ministry, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm telling you this and me this because Jesus said to all of us, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall the believer do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. Jesus' compassion didn't stop when he physically left the earth. He wants that compassion and power pouring through his church everywhere we go to the people all around. It's just like he ministered to him. He wants us to minister to him. How can we do that? He was the son of God because he left his power in heaven when he came to earth and he had to be filled with the Holy Spirit and he had to be anointed of God to do what the father called him to do. And we can have the same anointing and filling today to do what we're called to do. And so I wanted to talk some more about spirit filled living as a Christian and spirit led living as a Christian. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures that this is not just for Jesus it's for us because he called us to now take his place in what he was doing on the earth. Now it's our turn. And there's no way the Lord's going to tell us to do the works he did and greater works without the power he had. So the same power that he had in and on his life, we can have in and on our lives to do the things he told us to do. You know, this is a very interesting thought. But a lot of things that God tells us to do in the New Testament you can't do unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So a lot of preachers just stay away from those things and don't preach them anymore and say they were for 2,000 years ago. No, therefore today, just get filled with the Holy Ghost preacher, get your congregation filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll be able to comprehend it, and you'll have the power and willingness to do it, and the, the orbit of life that is around us in our daily life will be changed forever. Because somebody decided to live like Jesus lived. 
And so I want to show you here a few other things. So I want to emphasize why every believer should be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Why every believer should be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to hit some things we talked about last week, but not very much because we have to go on. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, in the NLT version, I want you to notice 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. This is John's epistle to the people that he was connected with and overseeing. And they're going to put it up on the screen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, NLT. If you guys would put that on the screen, that would be great. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 2, 6, red light, green light. Let me know if you got it, guys. Nope, don't got it. So I'll have to read it to you. 1 John 2, 6. Um, let's just read the King James first. I always like to read the King James Version first. And then I'll read you what the New Living Translation says. Um, the King James says, He who says he abides in Jesus ought himself also to walk just as he walked. The New Living Translation says this, <clears throat> Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So another way we could say this is those who say they are Christians should live their lives the way Jesus lived his life. Somebody tell me, how did Jesus live his life? Filled with the Holy Ghost and led by the Holy Spirit. This is how he lived his life. And this is why he was 100% successful. Does that sound good to anybody? 100%. How many of you would like to never be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Well, the Holy Spirit would never lead you there. So if you're doing your own thing, you might end up there. But if you're following the Spirit of God in the Word of God, you'll never end up there. The Spirit of God, you will never make a wrong decision if you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. Comprehend that. You'll never make a wrong decision if you're led by the Spirit. What I'm talking to you about in being led by the Spirit, it takes development over the days and weeks and months of focusing in more on what the Lord said about guidance and what he's talking to you in your heart about than just making decisions out of your brain or opportunity comes, you jump, or need, a need happens, you jump. Jesus was not led by opportunity. He was not led by needs. He was not led by money. He was not led by weather. He was led by the Spirit of God. And he had 100% success in ministering healing to people. He had 100% success in obeying the Father and fulfilling his will all the way till the end. He was led by the Holy Spirit. But did you notice he was filled with the Holy Spirit? And next he was led by the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit helps you to be led by the Spirit on a much higher level. And we'll talk about some of those things as we get there. And so those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus lived his life. Well, how did he live his life? Well, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to prepare for his full ministry that was coming up. He had some things he had to do in the wilderness. Now turn to John 14, and these are all going to be out of the Amplified AMPC, Amplified Classic, just these couple scriptures here, then we'll go back. I want you to see John 14, verse 16 through 18. Now, we're going to talk to you for just another moment or two about who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do for you. 
And as you see this, I hope it stirs up your appetite and thirst to be filled to the full with him every day of your life. All right. So look at um, John 14, verse, verse 16 through 18 out of the ample. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit whom the Father was going to send to us. And now he did. So look at this. Jesus said, I will pray or ask the Father and he will give you, which is us. He will give you another comforter because Jesus was leaving pretty soon. He said, I'm going to come back to you in the form of the Holy Spirit and you'll have the same comfort and power I've had, except this is even better because he's going to be in you, not just with you. Now notice, he said, I'll pray to the Father. He'll give you another comforter. Who is this comforter? Counselor. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you need a little counsel. (laughs) I think you need a little counsel. If you're at home, tell your dog. Scruffles, you need a little counsel. All right, notice this is the Holy Spirit. This is what he wants to do for you. Who doesn't need counsel once in a while? Lord, what should I do about this? It seems like it's getting worse. Looks like I'm going to die. Looks like our marriage is over. Can I get a little counsel here? Holy Ghost says, thought you'd never ask. And he will open up heaven to you. He will give you wisdom past your brain's ability to understand. And you will come out of things not even knowing how there's a way out. Pretty soon you're out and you're going, wow, it pays to look to the Holy Spirit. Notice, he's your counselor. Look at, helper. Oh God, I need help. Oh God, I need help. God, I need help. My marriage is falling apart. God, I need help. Okay, son. Okay, daughter. Go to that church that believes in the Holy Spirit. They go, I know where that thought was coming from. But Lord, I need help. I need help. Holy Spirit. God, I need help. Holy Spirit. God, I need help. Please magically make my life better. Please help me, Lord. He says, it don't work that way. We get help from God the way he wants us to get help, not the way we want help. And he said, if you need help, I already sent a helper in the earth realm. Become aware of him. Read the Bible and find out who he is. Learn what being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues is all about. And the helper will blast problems out of your life. You and a thousand doctors and everybody in the world couldn't blast out of your life in a million years. You will walk on the high places of the earth. You will suck honey out of the rock. You will soar like an eagle. You listen to the Spirit of God. You'll come out of everything, even if the world says it's terminal. Because there's nothing terminal with the helper. Nothing terminal with the helper. God, this temptation, I've fallen a thousand times. Well, the helper will help you overcome it once and for all. Look to him. Be filled with him. Be led by him. Become friends. You never had a friend like him. You've never had a friend like the Holy Spirit. He knows everything. He has all power and he's sent to help you. Now, do you know why the devil wants you ruffled about speaking in tongues? which is one of the main ways the Holy Spirit brings supernatural strength to you. Oh, church, do you know a lot of people are falling into temptations? They're falling into things they know they shouldn't be involved with, and it's not because they're bad. It's because they're empty and weak. When you're not filled with the Spirit, there's room for other things in your life, like depression, fear, anxiety, No hope sensations. One of the main reasons God wants you filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to show you where it tells us to be filled with the Spirit. One of the reasons God wants you filled with the Holy Spirit 
It's because he wants you having no vacancies for all these things the enemy's going to try to throw in your life. If you're filled with one thing, you can't have something else in there. There's no vacancies. Did you know clean is not enough? You know, one of the number one reasons we are clean on the inside by the blood of Jesus, sins and forgive, sins and iniquities washed away. Do you know, want to know one of the reasons God made you clean on the inside when you got born again is so you can be filled with his spirit, new wine skin, new wine. He wants you filled friend who wouldn't want to live their life filled with God every day. Who wouldn't want to live? Are you kidding me? The Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come and all this other stuff. But it doesn't have to be that way for us who are filled with the spirit. When you're filled with God, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You got a peace that the world can never take. Jesus said, the peace I give you, the world gives not. Well, the world can't give you this peace and it can't take it away. The world can't give you this joy and it can't take it away. And the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, the enemy wants you blurry about this. He wants you fuzzy about this. He wants you uninterested in this. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest attacks of the devil against Christians is this. He continuously tries to make Christians feel satisfied without being filled with the Spirit. Because satisfaction doesn't look like an enemy. But it is, if you're satisfied with less than what God says he wants you to have, that's warfare. Now satisfaction ah, is warfare and you need to be smart enough to recognize it and get unsatisfied real quick and get hungry for the fullness of the spirit because there's no way we're going to navigate through these end times with full success if we're just saved only. We've got to be filled with the spirit. Jesus needed to be filled with the spirit to navigate through life and fulfill the will of God. The early church needed to be filled with the spirit, not just born of the spirit to navigate and powerfully do the will of God. Paul, the apostle needed to be filled with the spirit in order to do everything he was called to do. We're going to need to be filled with the spirit. Now, you don't have to be filled with the spirit to go to heaven. But if you want to fulfill your call and do the powerful things Jesus anointed you to do, you're going to have to be filled with the spirit here. Listen. Every day of your life. Now, how many of you put it back on the screen? How many of you would like to be filled with the God helper every day of your life? You know, not just you know, be filled with him. You can be. You're going to find out how in these teachings. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is a comforter. I have a comforter at home on our bed. And this time of year, it is so awesome after a long day work, you know, it's so, so I to put that comfort. Oh, Spirit of God says, you think that's good? Yeah. Amen. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, one who stands the gap for you. Maybe your connection with God is fuzzy for some reason. Well, he stands the gap for you. Look at advocate, somebody who pleads your case in a court of law. Isn't it nice to have a good lawyer on your side? One that's never lost a case. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. When the devil comes firing at you with accusations, they don't deserve to be healed, judge. They don't deserve to be free. Look at, they sinned two days ago. The advocate comes up and says, uh, <clears throat> may I say a few words? This person right here, 
has confessed their sins. They're forgiven by the blood of the lamb and they're as if they never done wrong. They have a right to all the healing and deliverance they will ever need. And the judge goes, coo, not guilty. Prisoner of the bar, go free by the blood and their faith in the blood. The Holy Spirit helps us. He's our strengthener. You know, a lot of people are not making it through problems because they just don't have the strength to endure. It's not that they're terrible or bad. They just don't have the strength to endure. Well, what's the Holy Spirit to us? Our strengthener. And there's things he tells us we can do to remain strong every day of our life. Somebody said, well, I, I just couldn't overcome that temptation. Well, maybe it's because you didn't pray in tongues enough because when you pray in tongues, you build yourself up. Whole teaching right there. Maybe we'll get to some of that later. So let's keep reading here. He's our strengthener and our standby. Jesus said the Father's going to give him to you and he has in our day and age and he will remain with you forever. He will never leave you. Remain with, I just don't feel like the Holy Spirit's with me anymore. I guess it's those sins I committed last week. He's still with you because you're not a liar. You may not feel his presence, but he's still with you. You like that bumper sticker that says, if God feels far away, guess who moved? Not him. He didn't draw back from Adam when Adam sinned. Adam hid himself in the midst of the trees of the garden. He drew back from God. Sin doesn't cause God to draw back from you. It causes you to draw back from the Lord until you realize I can be forgiven. The blood will cleanse me. Then you bounce right back in the confidence and you say, praise God, I'm free. Next verse. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive. Now stop for a second right there. Did you know the world just flat out cannot receive the Holy Spirit? God's gift to the world is Jesus. God's gift to his children is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if if you ask for bread, will your father give you a rock? No, he'll give you bread. And if you ask me, your father, for the Holy Spirit, what will I give you something else? No, he said, if you ask me, if you ask me, your father, for the Holy Spirit, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. But he's talking about father, children. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. The gift, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is not for the world. It's for God's children. And this scripture says the world will not receive the Holy Spirit or take to take to its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But Jesus said, but you know and recognize the Holy Spirit for he lives with you. And in Jesus, he was with them, but constantly and will be in you. Well, I don't know how logically that figures out. Put logic aside. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you or ask Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit and just enjoy the power and the help and the counsel and the strength. Don't you like little children? You give them a toy. They're not like, well, mom, um, how does this thing work? I don't know how the wheels turn and I don't know about this. I'm not sure. Get in and enjoy it. You never see a kid do that. Just receive it like a little child. I don't understand it, but I'm going to ask Jesus to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Part of the Godhead is going to come into me. And from now on, I'm not alone. And I have all power and all wisdom in me. I'm looking to him in me from now on, not just my brain. And enjoy the power and the supernatural life. He'll help you to live. 
Oh, glory to God. All right. Um, let's see. Is there any more in that? Did we go all the way through verse 16 or 18 on that one? I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, Jesus said, because he was about ready to die and, and, and go to the cross and go to heaven. I'll not leave you desolate, bereaved, forlorn, or helpless. I will come back to you. And he came back to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you like these words, help and not forlorn and, and counsel, then you, you, you would really love being filled with the Holy Spirit who is all these things to you. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, it seems like today it's become like a title. You know, I am a spirit-filled Christian. Well, kind of like I'm Baptist or I'm Catholic or I'm Methodist or I'm Pentecostal. I'm spirit-filled. And it's not supposed to be in the title zone like that, like a denomination. Because you'll think I'm spirit-filled because I spoke in tongues two years ago when hands were laid on me. You might have been spirit-filled two years ago. That doesn't mean you're spirit-filled today. Not that the Holy Spirit left you, but in the measure of being filled, that needs to be an ongoing, constant, maintaining, spirit-filled life experience for all of us. And I think a lot of Christians think, well, I'm spirit-filled, Pastor. Got that down. Can you go to something else now? No. Because we're, we're not talking about having an experience every month. We're talking about maintaining a daily spirit-filled life, intimacy with God. You're connected with all wisdom, all power, daily. Did you know that there are born-again, heaven-bound Christians in prison right now because they were not filled with the Spirit the morning of the crime? All right, I need to show you something in James 4.17. Go, go to James 4.17. Put it in, you can put it in the King James up on the screen. Um, this is something that <clears throat> I think goes right along with this, obviously. And it's an answer to, to why so many people, Christians, are in so many problems. They're omitting something. Now look at James 4.17. Go ahead and put it on the screen, guys. King James is fine. The Bible says to us, therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not to him who knows better, it's sin. What's he talking about here? He's talking about not doing something good that you know the Lord wants you to do. Now, how many of you know there's sins of commission where you commit an act of wrong? But then there's also sins of omission where we're not doing something we know we should be doing. And a lot of people are committing acts of wrong because they don't have the power to say no to temptation. And the reason they don't have power is because they're omitting something good and it's resulting in them doing bad. Do you realize that being filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll go to Ephesians 5.18 in a second where it tells all believers, be filled with the Spirit. Do you realize refusing to be filled with the Spirit when you know it's God's will for your life, it's a sin of omission. And the, it's, the cure is so simple. I mean, it's just say, Jesus, fill me with the Spirit and then maintain a Spirit-filled life by going to church regularly, praying regularly, reading your Bible and hearing anointed sermons regularly and you'll maintain a Spirit-filled life. So, when he said, 
To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. This is in the category of doing good things we know the Lord wants us to do. And that will erase a ton of bad things that now we have power to overcome. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can overcome anything. Remember, I just said a few minutes ago, a lot of Christians are in jail today because they weren't filled with the Spirit the morning of the crime. What if they were filled with the Spirit the morning of the crime? Well, number one, they wouldn't even want to do what they're being tempted to do. Number two, they'd have great power to not to say no. And number three, they'd just soar right through the day and not be in jail the next day. It's more life-saving than we think to be filled with the Spirit, not only for us, but the people we're called to minister to. So <clears throat> now go to John 16. And as you're turning to... Actually... Xander, are you the one back there today? Um, you got my email. I need you to put up now William Barclay's, again, definition of the word comforter. And as he's putting this up, um, before you read it, church, look at me. Look at me. Look at my beautiful eyes, my nice hair, my silver tie. But look at me before you read it, okay? Um, William T. Barclay was a professor of divinity. He found the word helper in the Bible. And he wanted to know in depth what the original Greek meaning was for this word. I want to know who this Holy Spirit is. I want to know in detail who this Holy Spirit is because I want to have the fullness of him in my life. So he did an in-depth study of the word helper. In the Greek, it's pronounced parakletos. And he said, in this Greek word, we find out what the Holy Spirit is to us and what he wants to do for us in an expanded way. So how many of you want to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you and will do for you? And oh, this should make you want to be filled with the Spirit every day of your life. And we'll tell you how to be filled. God's not going to say be filled, not tell us how to be filled. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want you to see what the Holy Spirit is to you and wants to do for you. And this should whet your appetite to say, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. And there's certain things you can do to stay filled. So go ahead and put that definition up there. The Holy Spirit, uh, William Barclay, professor, found out that the word helper, Holy Spirit, comforter, means this. He brings the kind of comfort and consolation in distress which keeps a man on his feet when left to himself he would collapse. There's a lot of things you and I are not going to be able to make it through. There's a lot of things you and I are not going to be able to get through. We are going to need heaven's helper. Many people collapse and they didn't have to. Many people don't make it in marriage, but they could have stayed together. There is power. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my friend. God can fix anything. Now, in a marriage, two people are going to have to be in agreement that he can do it. And two people are going to want him to do it. But if those two people say, you know what? We've had adulteries. We've had this. We've had that. We've had this. There's no way this marriage can go forward. But if both husband and wife will say, but we believe God can fix it. He can fix it. He can fix it. Friend, he will fix it. And the world and others will be staring going, how are they so happy? I know what they've been through. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. How are they getting through all that? Man, I know people that have been through one quarter of what they've been through and they divorced 10 years ago. How are they getting through? Let me ask you this question. How did Paul, the apostle, 
go forward in life and ministry with memories of him killing, persecuting, wasting and injuring Christians before he was saved? How in the world could you go forward realizing you were destroying God's people, wasting, injuring, blaspheming, compelling others to blaspheme? How could a guy like that go forward and be on fire for God and do amazing things for Jesus? Well, two reasons. He got a revelation that the blood of Jesus washes all our sins away and he was filled with the Holy Ghost so he could comprehend that kind of restoration. How could Peter, after denying the Lord three times, cursing and swearing that he didn't know the man, how could somebody like Peter, about 50 days later, start speaking in tongues and prophesying and preaching sermons and getting thousands saved? How in the world could he go from that to the, to the power. Well, uh, something happened between denying the Lord and preaching and his shadow getting people healed. And it was, he was in the upper room, got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, got lifted up to a higher level, was able to comprehend supernatural restoration, was able to comprehend the power of the blood of Jesus. He said, bless God, I'm going forward. I'm clean. I'm forgiven by the blood and I'm filled with the Spirit. A lot of people cannot comprehend restoration and they're never restored. And one reason they can't, can't comprehend restoration because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit and everything's all natural to them instead of supernatural. Your brain, your memories, everything can be so fixed on the inside of you that they hold you back no more. No more. No more glitches, no more, no more junk. You're free to go. You're free to flow. There's a lot of people that are angry and they're upset and they have a bitterness in them because a loved one or a parent has done something that's just changed their whole view of life and jarred them. You know, the Holy Ghost can get you get over that. He can help you get over that to where it doesn't bother you anymore. You're not bitter anymore. You're not dragging your feet in. He can help you overcome anything. But I, I, thought, I thought that would never happen. I just thought, why? I, just, I, I thought that would never happen. Well, it happened. But the Holy Ghost can make it feel like it never happened. He can supernaturally bring you up into a realm where it doesn't bother you or hold you back or make you bitter ever again. It's, it's an amazing thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the next part of this says, it says a one called in to help. The Holy Spirit is one who is called in to help in a situation with which a man by himself cannot cope. There we are again. I can't cope with this. I can't cope with this. I can't cope with this. Duh. <laughs> but you and the Holy Ghost can. You and the Helper can. You can go forward, break the tape, finish the race. Because the Spirit of God is in you. And then it says the Holy Spirit exhorts men to high deeds and noble thoughts. High deeds, what does that mean? It means he brings your vision up to where you can believe for things you never used to believe for. And all things are possible to him that believe is no longer just a mystery. It's, it's a reality in your life. All right, before we close, I've got to show you a couple things. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. And I'm going to read verse 18 and 19. And uh, King James is fine. King James, New Kings doesn't matter. So up on the screen, if you, don't, if you don't have a Bible, and you should have a Bible, please invest in a hard copy Bible. You, you really need it more than you realize. The Bible is talking, okay, <clears throat> now, now where, what do you see on the bottom? Ephesians, does anybody know what Ephesians means? 
Paul's, this is Paul's letter to the Ephesian Christians who lived in Ephesus. And, and we're not going to take time to do it now. Keep the scripture on the screen, please. We're not going to do it now, but in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says in his letter, I'm writing to all Christians, all believers, to the saints and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So Paul's letter is to born-again Christians. Can we all agree with that? This is the church at Ephesus. This is where the believers congregated in Ephesus. I want to show you something very interesting. Paul said to born-again Christians on their way to heaven, believers, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is what he's talking about, capital S. I don't have to talk about the first part. The Bible says, um, don't get your stimulus from the world wine. Get your stimulus from the Holy Spirit. Um, I know sometimes wine's used as a medication. I think that's great. That's fine. But the Bible does forbid drunkenness. And uh, the Bible does forbid things altering your perception. Um, Holy Spirit can give you anything alcohol can give you, except no side effects, way better, 100% godly, and won't hurt anybody. It'll only help people. So, but look at the last part of this verse. Now, he's writing to Christians, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the first things that tells me? One of the first things this tells me is that being a Christian doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit. If you think you're filled with the Spirit because you're a Christian, you won't look for the Spirit-filled experience. You'll think you already got it. And it's a trick of the enemy. Well, you're saved. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, No, you're not. Let me ask you a question. Can a legitimate child of God not be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can I give you an example? Jesus was a legitimate child of God, son of God, up till 30 years old. And he was not filled with the Holy Spirit until he was baptized of John in River Jordan. And then the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove and lighting on him. And the Bible says at that moment, the son of God was filled with the Holy Ghost. Just because you're a born again Christian does not mean you're filled with the spirit. Jesus was a legitimate child of God, not filled with the spirit until 30 years old. And then he got filled with the spirit and his powerful ministry began. So don't think just because you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a work of the Holy Spirit in you to help you get saved. There's a measure of the Holy Spirit in you giving you eternal life. But that does not mean you are filled with the Spirit and empowered from on high to do the ministry God's called you to do. And if the devil can convince you you're filled with the Spirit just because you're saved, he will keep you from the power of God and it will hurt you and everybody around you who you're called to minister to. There are two separate experiences. There is a born of the Spirit And there is a term filled with the Spirit. You and I need both. And so does the dying, crying, sighing world all around us. Friend, have you ever been in a situation where you went to work or you went out in public and you ran into a friend or a family member and hey, they just have been through hell, about to die, you know, pointed the gun to their head, just, and have you ever sensed 
the power of the Holy Spirit come up from you and out of you. And you just ministered deliverance to them. You said words. You didn't know who said who said that. I said that power from heaven came on the scene and they got completely set free because you decided to live a spirit filled life. You have answers you would never have when you're filled with the spirit. You'll have power you never have until you're filled with the spirit. Your prayers have substance when you're filled with the spirit. I'm telling you, when you're filled with the spirit and you know the power in the name of Jesus, you are a little Jesus going somewhere to set somebody free. You say, well, I don't know if I want to be filled. I don't know if I need to be filled with the Spirit. Well, newsflash, the dying, crying, sighing world around you needs you filled with the Holy Spirit. I know I'm getting a little strong right now, but it's life-saving. And these are the end times, and we need to move forward, church. Can I tell you how we, you know, a lot of people praying for revival, praying for revival, praying for revival. We don't need to pray for revival. We just need to do what Jesus said. Come to church on fire, filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll probably have three people on our arms because when you're filled with the Spirit, you want to bring people to Jesus and to your local church. And this building would be packed and miracles would be happening and the power of God would be released. And this building would be packed out before we know it, simply because we all chose to live a Spirit-filled life. We all chose to live a Spirit-filled life. Now, this scripture says, be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Be filled. Everybody say, be filled with the spirit. Who's this written to? Pastors, right? Written to apostles, prophets. Well, yes, but not only. This is written to every believer in the body of Christ. Okay. Hey, church at Ephesus. Hey, believers on your way to heaven. Got a word from God for you. Be filled with the spirit. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? It's the same Bible that said, um, thou shall not commit murder. How many of you respect that? Why? Why do you respect thou shall not commit murder? Why? Because who said it maybe? Right? God? The Bible says, don't steal. How many of you respect that? Some of you. The rest will have an altar call in just a minute. (laughs) Get over the stealing stuff, man. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Why do we respect those words? Why do we? Res- why should we? Why do we respect those words? Because our Lord told us, "Don't do that." Same Lord said, "Be filled with the Spirit." Hmm. I wonder if this is more of an obedience issue than we realized. Now, here's the cool thing: if the Lord tells His children to be filled with the Spirit, He's going to tell us how. Because, see, we say, I got filled with the Spirit in 1987. Spoke with other tongues. Spoke with other tongues a couple of years in between. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. You might have been back then. Doesn't mean you are now. There's a way to maintain the glow. There's a way to maintain a Spirit-filled experience every day of your life. And it's not weird. It mixes perfect with your job downtown. It mix perfect, mixes perfect with your marriage and your children. You can maintain a spirit-filled life. It's not weird. It's not strange. And you don't look to your feelings to see if you're filled. Let me tell you one way the Lord showed me how you can tell if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, he said, out of the abundance of the heart... You know, what you, what's really filling you up on the inside? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Interesting. So if you're filled with something on the inside, 
there's going to be an overflow from your mouth. Here's the way the Lord gave it to me. Whatever you desire to talk about the most is what's in abundance in you at the moment. It's what you're filled with at the moment. You know, there's been times I was filled with the latest, greatest movie. Saw it 10 times. It was in me. It was like, that's so exciting. Hey, did you get to see that movie? Hey, what am I doing? I'm wanting to talk about what I'm filled with. Well, filled with the movie is not going to help you much when the crisis of life comes. Except entertain you while you go down. (laughs) But if you want to talk about powers of the world to come, walking on water, translations, angels all around. If you want to talk about your calling and rewards in the next life for the things we do for the Lord in this life and the glory of God and the power of God, that's a good sign you're filled with the spirit at that moment. And I say if the majority of our life, we should be filled with the spirit. Nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with a good movie now and then, but you can tell if it starts to usurp a higher level than it should. Wait, wait, wait. That's getting a little higher than I'm kind of liking that a little more than the things of God. Get down. Get the, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let anything in this world fascinate me more than being near to God. And if something in this world can fascinate you more than being near to God, you're backsliding. Enjoy the creation. Thank God for it. But never make anything in this world more exciting to you than being with the Lord. And you got to separate your feelings from all this. I told you just a few minutes ago, you don't know if you're filled with the spirit by how you feel. One way you can tell you're filled with the spirit is what you want to talk about the most. And in young people, even listen to me on this. I know you've got dreams, aspirations, things ahead of you. Living a spirit filled life will help you so much as you pursue those things. And God will help you guide into the right areas so you don't miss him and you stay right in the middle of the perfect will of God where there's fullness of joy, fullness of peace, power, glory, health, strength. Young people need to hear this. You know, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Rachel was filled with the Holy Ghost at what, four years old? Four or so? (laughs) Speaking in tongues. This is not just for adults. This is not just for preachers. This was written to every believer. I know I'm going past 1130, but you've been in movies two hours and you didn't complain about that. And the F word was in them and sensuality was in them. And if you have any problem about being in church for two hours, just remember you've watched Holy Hollywood for two hours with all kinds of filth in it. You're hearing a lot more important things now than Hollywood can give you. And if we don't complain about a two, three hour movie, don't ever complain about a two or three hour church service. It's dishonorable to the Lord in his word and the holy things of God. Just thought I'd say that. Uh, thank you, my love. <clears throat> One more scripture and we'll close. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Notice the title is Spirit Filled, Spirit Led. And these are two things the church needs to be very, very hungry for and very um, desirous of every day of our life to be spirit filled and spirit led. You know, if you're not spirit led, you're going to be something else led. You know, did you know a lot of people are fear led? They do or don't do things based on fear. Friend, that's dangerous. I said it's dangerous to be fear led. 
Well, I'm afraid of getting in the airplane, so I'm not going to go. You need to get 10 tickets and go 10 times. And show fear who's boss. And say, I'm not afraid. And just remember, as you're walking up the steps and putting on the belt and the people in front of you are talking about great storms ahead, just remember, Jesus said, I'm with you. Fear not, I'm with you. Well, if God's with you, what are you afraid of? Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. Well, I, 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 can't, I can't send my kids to public school because of all the crazy things that happen. I, I'm afraid that if I send them to public school, they're not going to turn out right. So I'm going to send them to a Christian school. Yeah. And you're opening the door to the enemy. Because if you send your kids to a Christian school because of fear, you are led by the enemy in doing a good thing, which can turn sour because of your fear. No, no, no. You go, hmm, I feel afraid to send my kids to a public school. Hmm, what should I do? Okay, fear, I resist you. Pray. God, what should I do? What's best for my kids? And if he says, well, things are getting a little crazy in the public school and your child would be better in a Christian school, a private school right now. Send them to a private school. Then you go, all right, I'm going to send my kid to a private school. Not because I'm afraid to send them to a public school, but because the Holy Ghost told me to send them to a private school. Now the door's shut on the devil. The good deed you did will work perfect and they'll turn out great. What's going on? Terrorism. Oh, guns are fine. I got to get a gun. I got to get a gun. I got to go to Bell's. Got to go to Cabell's. Got to get a gun. Got to get a gun. I'm afraid. I'm afraid something might happen. I got to get two guns. I got to get two guns and a bow and arrow and a Chinese dart. I got to get... Friend, nothing wrong with getting a gun. Nothing wrong. I mean, I told our security here at the church, I said, I'm all for security. We have armed security in our church every time we meet. And... I said, if it was up to me, I'd park a tank out front. <laughs> Hire Israeli soldiers if we can. I believe. I think, I like what President Trump said. He said, he said we need to have such a strong military that we never have to use it. I like that. I like that. But if you're going to get a gun, do not get a gun because you're afraid of something. Now you're doing something good with a motive of fear and it gives the enemy access. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and that which as I was afraid of has happened unto me. What's he saying? Fear is faith in the negative. It opens the door to the things you don't want. Now, friend, friend listen. We talked about fear at the very beginning. We're talking about fear now. It must be a reason. Listen closely. Feeling afraid does not mean you've accepted fear. It just means you're feeling something the enemy is presenting to you. Courage is feeling scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Everybody feels fear. It can knock at your door, but you do not have to let it in. You could be shaking, but at the same time doing what non-fearful people do, and you are resisting fear, and devil can't get in. So finally, in Romans 8, you saw in Ephesians 5, that's just one of many scriptures that tells us to be filled with the Spirit. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. This is Paul's letter to the church at Rome, which applies to all believers. Paul said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say this, Spirit-filled? Spirit-led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, what does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit who lives in you, the, the representative of God in the earth today is the Holy Spirit. 
Father's in heaven geographically, right? Dake says he's in the planet heaven, all right? Father's in heaven, right? Jesus is geographically at his right hand. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in the earth realm. That's why you need to be very interested in him. That's why you need to be looking. Go to the Bible. Look up scriptures. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You'll find out. The Holy Spirit is the reason Jesus performed miracles and healings. The Holy Spirit is the reason the early church performed healings and miracles. Paul the Apostle. And we have the same Holy Spirit Jesus had. And he was so excited to give him to us. He basically said, guys, there's a world out there in trouble. Here's all the power and all the wisdom and all the glory you need. Have fun and go set them free. Amen. And at the same time, laugh your way through all problems. Joy in the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me see. Can I have a show of hands of how many children of God are in the room today? Online, lift up your hand. The Lord sees it. All right. You should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. You should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. You should expect answers and wisdom to come to you when you just flat out don't know what to do. I don't know if you realize it or not, but when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was so led by the Spirit. I'm just going to give you one little example here and we'll close. One day they brought to Jesus, as he was teaching, he was teaching the people and they just interrupted him, just rudely interrupted him, threw a woman down half clothed in front of him and said, Jesus, hey, master, hey, teacher of love. Hey, Jesus, master, hey, this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the very act. I always wonder, where's the dude, man? Last I realized adultery takes two people. But anyway, <clears throat> probably one of the guys that threw her down. But anyway. He, they throw this woman down and they say, hey, teacher of love. Hey, master. The law of Moses says if somebody's caught in adultery, you're supposed to stone her till death. What do you say, preacher of love? And they think all this pressure is now coming on Jesus. What are you going to do, preacher of love? Oh, you can't say break the law. You can't say don't. You can't say do. What are you going to do? And Jesus didn't even answer him. Just like he didn't even hear him. And he stoops on the ground and starts writing. Starts writing on the ground. And, they, and they're pressuring him. And they say, what do you say, preacher? What do you say? Stoner or not? Stoner or not? Keep the law of Moses. Don't keep the law. What do you say, preacher? What do you say, preacher? He's just writing on the ground. What's he doing? He's getting direction from the Holy Spirit about this situation. He's not trying to figure out what to answer them. He's not under that pressure. All he cares about, what do you say, Holy Ghost? He's riding on the ground and they're pressuring him and all the people are watching and it looks like this big gray cloud is on Jesus. He's got to come up with some answer. In one second, he stands up, turns and says something to them and now all the pressure's on them. A hundred percent. He said, he got this from the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He said, you that's without sin, cast the first stone at her. They have rocks in their hands, ready to throw rocks in her skull. Because the law says stoner. Jesus, we know you're a stickler for the law. Law says stoner. Do we or do we not? Preacher of love, do we or do we not? Didn't even answer their demonic question. He said he heard from the Holy Spirit. 
How many think hearing from the Holy Spirit is very valuable? He said, those without sin cast the first stone. And it said, from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their rocks and walked away. That's just one example of being led by the Spirit, not pressured by questions and not pressured by needs and not pressured by people and not pressured by opportunities. We're not led by weather. We're not led by this. We're not. We're led by the Spirit of God and you'll have 100% success. So filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. There's no greater life, my friend. No greater life. Feed on God's Word every day. His words are Spirit and they are life. Hear good sermons regularly. I'd like to say every day at least one. Read your Bible every day. Recently, I was going through a test and a trial. It was really pretty intense. And as I was seeking the Lord and diving in the Word, the Spirit of God led me to study the name of Jesus. So I got my Kenneth Hagin book out, read the whole thing, marked all these things. I'm going back to now reading all my marks. I tell you, the Spirit of God will lead you exactly what you need at the time. Bible's a big book. What part do I start with? Well, just dive in wherever, but then listen to the Holy Ghost. He will start fine-tuning your direction, and you'll get to your desired haven quick. Stand up, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit, but the world can receive Jesus. And that's the biggie. I mean, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. If you don't have Jesus, you, you don't have, you, you're not going to heaven. And it's not the Lord's will that you don't go. It's just you have to receive the only lifesaver there is if you want to go. God would love, <clears throat> it's not God's will that anybody perish. But a lot of people refuse to repent and they perish. And if I could just make this so clear, Lord, help me to say this. The greatest, most important decision you will ever make in your life is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Going to church doesn't save you. Being good doesn't save you, the Bible says. Being baptized in water doesn't save you. (sighs) Believing in God doesn't save you. Believing Jesus was a great historical figure doesn't save you. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble and they're not saved. No, friend, the Bible says you must be born again. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You won't be lost. So it's more than an intellectual thing. It's more than a, you know, a, oh, I, I, I'm good. You know, I'm nice. I don't hurt people. Man, if that's all it took to get to heaven, then why in the world would Jesus come to this earth, die on a cross, be whipped to shreds, go to hell and rise from the dead if us just being good would get us to heaven? Friend, our goodness will never get us to heaven. It's good to be good, but it will never save you. And so I'd like to ask the serious question here and those watching online. If you'd like to pray the prayer of salvation and come into the 100% confidence that you are a child of God, If you want to be what the Bible calls born again, I'm going to pray a real quick, simple prayer with you. I'll lead you in it. And the Bible says, if you pray this prayer and you mean it, 
you have no more worries. You're going up and not down when you leave the earth. You're in the family of God and nothing can take you out ever. The Bible says, friend, that faith without action is dead. This is the reason we have people lift their hands. This is the reason at times we have people come forward because faith without action is dead, being alone. And so I'm going to ask you to do a couple things right now that uh, require actions of faith. They're simple. They're easy. You just have to make a decision to do them and head toward Jesus. If you want the salvation prayer to count for you, and you're not 100% sure that you're born again, friend, this is your day to be 100% sure. This is your day to get this straight forever, and you'll never have to ever worry about it ever again. If you'd like to be born again today and know that you are, if you'd like to be what the Bible calls saved and come into the family of God and be a child of God forever, I'm going to pray the salvation prayer with you. And if you would like this prayer to count for you right now where you're standing, raise your hand if you want this prayer to count for you. Thank you. I see those hands. Keep them up. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. Good. Hands in the back. Hands up front. Wonderful. You can lower your hand. Keep your eyes closed just for a minute. Very holy time right now. I really sense the Spirit of God said, say it one more time, Pastor. I love people so much. I don't want anybody to leave this place unsure that they're my child. If you didn't raise your hand on the last invitation, if you did not raise your hand, but you wished you would have and you want to get in on this prayer, raise your hand right now. Anybody else, just to make sure everybody has an opportunity. Online, if you're raising your hand, tell the moderator because you're going to receive salvation right where you're at as well. I want to ask one more question. I know we have a lot of believers that are saved. You know you're saved. You're born of the Spirit. But being filled with the Spirit is not something that's ever happened to you. There's an initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're filled with the Spirit. And then there's an ongoing maintaining a Spirit-filled life by going to church regularly, hearing the Word of God regularly, and praying in tongues regularly will help you stay filled with the Spirit in this crazy world. So if you'd like to initially be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'd like you at this time as a believer, raise your hand as well, because we're going to pray a prayer for you too. If you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues, this is for you too. Good. I see those hands. Would y'all look up here now just for a minute? If you raised your hand on any one of those invitations, Please come up here right now and join with me and Carla. We're going to pray for you. Only take a couple seconds. Please find the aisle right now. Come forward on any invitation. Please come forward right now. We don't want to be here alone. <laughs> no, more than that, we love you. Come on forward. Perfect, brother. Just stand right there. Good. Just stand right there. Perfect. Perfect. Y'all come on forward. You can stand right here and face me. Welcome. God bless you. Just come on forward, guys. Praise the Lord. This is a wonderful time. This is, just come on forward. You might make one long line right here. Good, good. Um, most of you, I think you realize what's going to happen right now. You're going to pray a prayer of salvation and Jesus is going to make you brand new on the inside. And the Bible says you're going to be a new creation. Old things on the inside are passed away. All things are become new. You're going to come into the family of God and nothing, no way, no how will ever be able to pluck you out of his hand. He said that himself.
You're getting the best friends you could ever get, a Lord and Savior who's more powerful than any force in the universe, and He loves you dearly. And so we're going to pray this prayer right now for salvation. Then we'll pray the prayer to be filled with the Spirit. And I'll get our altar ministry workers to help us with that. So right now might help just to close your eyes. Say these words. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Whoa, do I believe in you. I believe with all my heart. You are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You took my place. You went to hell for me. You died spiritually for me. And you rose from the dead. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I declare right now that I'm a believer in Jesus. And according to God's word, the Bible, I am now saved, heaven bound, one with the Lord, and no power can stop it. I'm free. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Oh, man, this is amazing. God, this is absolutely amazing. All heaven rejoices, the Bible says, when one sinner repents. What happens when 10 or 12 people come to the Lord? They are rejoicing. I think we should keep heaven just partying 24-7. So we're going to pray this other prayer now. Altar ministry workers, if you'd come forward at this time, just come over here by me, if you would, um, from both sides. Just come on over by Carla and I here. We're going to turn you over to these people in just a second, but we're going to pray now for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Super simple. You ready for this? Jesus is the one who fills you with the Holy Spirit. And this is all you got to do. Ask him. And then when we're done asking and when we receive the Holy Spirit, feelings or no feelings, we now have the ability to pray in tongues. He doesn't pray in tongues through. He doesn't do it. You do the speaking. He joins you with his power. And as you speak, you're speaking directly to God, the father, bypassing your mind right from your heart. It's amazing. And I speak in tongues every day of my life. And it's one of the reasons the Lord's helped us so much in the last 35 years to still be here, to still be strong. Praying in tongues every day of your life is like, is like just fellowshipping with God on the hotline every day of your life. Talking, writing love letters with God, praying about things your mind doesn't even know about. So we're going to all pray this prayer right now. And I'll instruct you as we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit your gift to your people, your church. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Now say this, guys. Those that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, say this. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. You are my Lord forever. You told me I could ask for the Holy Spirit to be filled. And you promised you'd do it. I know I've got a part. And that's asking. And then speaking. When I'm done asking. From my heart. Not my head. I'm going to worship you, Jesus. In other tongues. I'm going to speak in other tongues. Directly from my heart to yours. So here I go, Lord. I'm asking... Jesus, right now, fill me with the Holy Spirit of God. Say this, guys. I believe 
I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And just like in the Bible, I'm going to speak in tongues right now, fluently. Here I go. Just speak it out, church. Just go ahead and speak, hon. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and speak in Jesus' name. That's it, man. Just speak in tongues. That's it. That's it. Just close your eyes and worship the Lord. That's it, man. That's it. Just pray from your heart. That's it. Just let it flow. That's it. Just let it flow. That's it. Just let it flow. Glory to God. That's it. That's it. Glory to God! Oh, church, you, take, take, a, take a pause. Just look up here for a second. Guys, this is wonderful. This blesses the heart of God. You don't have to go through life without power. You don't have to navigate through this dark world without the great helper filling you up. What a privilege. What an honor to be filled with the whole. Of course, of course your mind doesn't understand it. Your mind is very, very limited. Your spirit is where you have to grasp these things from. Jesus gave us an amazing, powerful, wonderful gift when he gave us the Holy Spirit. Speak, let me tell you one thing speaking in tongues does. It helps you to pray perfect prayers. You know, a lot of times your, your, your family's got needs and you only know the surface problems. Speaking in tongues goes to the root of the problems, beyond what you can think. And I'm telling you, things get fixed and they never come back again because you got it at the root. That's just one of many benefits. And so, so right now, if you wouldn't mind, right from you, brother, to my right, go see Joan and Daniel. If you wouldn't mind handing it to my, to my left, go see Tim and Tina right here. We got some free material for you, a Bible, a couple books that we want to just give you free of charge. Go ahead and you go see them at this time. They'll help you out. Well, the service is basically over, but don't leave until who's coming up to close. Dominic, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 